Jane, today we're talking about, I thought we'd get back to basics a little bit about what constitutes a healthy diet and talk particularly about protein. Protein sounds good. And by the way, welcome back after your time off. It's good to see you. Thank you, Jane. Well, it's lovely to see you again, Jane. And it's lovely to see you back. And I'm glad you're looking so well after your holiday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We had two weeks off and did a bit of um, day tripping and a couple of days away here and there. And um, yeah, it was a really nice break. It's always good just to have that change, isn't it? Yeah, break is as good as a holiday. And when it's a holiday as well, it must be doubly good. So protein we want to talk about today. What's it all about? Well, there's a lot of, lot of conflicting information out there about um, protein, how much protein do we need. People have done – am I popping a little bit? Go. Um, people have done high-protein diets. Um, you know, So just getting back to the basics about what protein is, how important it is for us. And as you know, like we talk about um, – they're called the macromolecules – Mm-hmm. macronutrients, yes. are your protein, fats, and carbs. And they're the major things that our diet should comprise. And then we've got, obviously, the micronutrients, which are your vitamins, your minerals, your antioxidants, your phytonutrients, etc. Right. So protein and protein, um, you know, basically it's in every cell. Yes. It's one of the major building blocks in the body. Um, we need to eat a certain amount of protein every day to get the health benefits, and we'll get into that in the sec- second topic. But um, I'll just go through some of the, the health benefits of, of protein. So number one, it helps eating protein regularly helps to reduce appetite and hunger levels. So if you're trying to lose weight, eating a good amount of protein um, is really important. Um, it helps to reduce cravings, desires for things like late-night snacking, um, it helps to boost our metabolism and increase fat burning. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine carbohydrates are a bit like, um, or sugar's a bit like throwing a can of petrol on the on the fire, it's all sort of flash and burn and then you're, you're left wanting more after. So hence why you know a lot of the diets out there today uh, talk about reducing your carbs, having more protein. Protein's like putting a hardwood log on the fire you know, the energy we get from protein um, takes longer to be turned into glucose and it lasts for a much longer period of time. So um, protein may also help or high protein intake has been shown to help lower blood pressure. So a lot of people get a bit scared about protein because of the, I think it was the early 60s or the mid 60s or the 70s, where they found that with cardiovascular disease, there was a lot of um, when they found people that had heart attacks and they looked at the um, blocked arteries and blocked blood vessels, they found a lot of cholesterol and and, and fats. Mm-hmm. So animal protein got a really bad rap there for a while. Everyone was told to, you know, you need to eat less meat, eat less protein generally. You need to have more complex carbs like your cereals and grains. But interestingly, that's sort of been turned on its head a little bit. And, you know, we do need... I. And and obviously there's a discussion about, you know, is vegetarianism a better way than being a, a meat eater? But <clears throat> whether you're vegetarian or whether you're a, you eat, get your protein predominantly from meat, we all still need protein, whether it's vegetable sources or animal sources. So, um, yeah, so we don't need to be scared of meat, you know, even if we have cardiovascular disease. But with red meat, we might just have less of it. Yes. Um, and I, try and avoid the fatty bits, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, to a certain degree. Like some saturated fats I think are okay. But um, one of the problems with with protein, and we'll get into this a bit later on, is making sure you get good quality protein. 
And so with meats particularly, you want to have pasture-fed or um, um, organically farmed mm-hmm. produce, not um, grain-fed, mm-hmm. you know, where the animals have been sort of stuffed full of cereals and grains with – which gives them all the fat marbled through the meat and gives them pre-diabetes, basically. <laughs> oh, so, um, poor beasts. Yeah, so yes. we'll get it. We'll get into quality in yes. the meantime. Yeah. Um, eating um, good quality protein um, it helps with our bones. You know, we need good quality protein to have healthy bones because we need the collagen that comes with that. Um, one of the most important nutrients for a healthy immune system, you know, and this year has been all about the immune system, is making sure you're eating enough protein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need amino acids for a healthy immune system. We need amino acids and protein for a healthy gut, um, kidney, liver. You know, uh, every day we're breaking muscle down and we're rebuilding muscle tissue. So, yeah, protein's definitely up there. And it's something that I find, particularly with a lot of younger people, younger kids and older people, they're very often deficient in protein. Health and well-being and Peter Mullen. Now, Peter, we're talking about protein and uh, we're thinking about... How much do we need? Yeah, well, as, as I was saying before, like protein is, is an essential nutrient. We need to get it from our food, and um, it's involved in, in all the building blocks in the body, even in the production of neurotransmitters as well. The amino acids can get incorporated. They're part of our detox system. So your protein plays a whole host of um, nutritional benefits. Now, working out how much protein you need, there's, there's, there's a bit of confusion about that. What I tend to go off myself, a really easy, simple system, is if you look at the size of your palm by the thickness of your palm, then you need to have at least two serves a day of protein. Such as will fit in the palm, that palm of your hand. Or, or be as big as the palm of your hand, so it needs okay. to be as thick. Yes. So okay. if you had, say, if you're looking at um, a slice of chicken or something, it needs to be that, that thick, so you'd have to have a fair amount. So say... For instance, with your hand, can I have a look at your hand? They're beautiful hands, by the way. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, it is radio, isn't it? This is useful. <laughs> you've got hands for radio, Jane. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if we were to say um, salmon for lunch. So what, what I find is a lot of people will have meat, fish or chicken for dinner, but they might just have a slice of ham on a sandwich at lunchtime. Yeah. So ideally for you, you'd want to have – not a 45-gram tin of salmon. You'd want to have a 110-gram tin of salmon. Or a salmon steak. Or a salmon steak. Yeah, yeah smoked the size salmon, of your, for example. Yep, but if you had smoked salmon, you'd probably have to have, say, three slices of smoked salmon and maybe a boiled egg. Okay. To get okay. the amount the yeah. amount right. So basically what you'd have for meat for dinner, you want to also have that for lunch or split between lunch and breakfast. So you so have a it lot, earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's good to, good even to try and have some protein with each meal mm. because it does help. Like traditionally we tend to have more carbohydrate for breakfast, like a cereal, so that gives us a big whack of sugar. And then morning tea time our blood sugar levels can drop and then morning tea we're starving and looking for something else sweet again. Oh, whereas it's gone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have like um, a couple of eggs with some spinach or an omelette, like a you know Mediterranean-style omelette for breakfast, then when you have eggs, have you noticed that yourself? If you have eggs for breakfast, you tend to stay full till oh, you do. lunchtime, whereas if sometimes if you have cereal, like morning tea, you're looking for something again. So, yeah, trying to spread that those two palms of protein throughout the day would be the ideal way to go, a bit of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, another way you can calculate how much protein you should eat in a day 
is if you sort of gauge it by 0.8 of a gram up to one gram of protein per kilo of body weight. Right. Okay. So if you're Get 90. Calculator. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, um, say, 60, gra- 60 kilos, then you need to eat 60 grams of protein a day. That's easy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, the trick with that is, though, is that 60 grams of chicken is not 60 grams of protein. Right. So in, say, 120 grams of chicken, you'll get roughly 25 grams of protein. Oh, so you need quite a lot then if chicken is providing all your protein. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have to have like two decent chicken breasts that spread throughout the day to get to your 50. So that's where we can sort of fall in the trap of not eating enough protein. Yeah. Do we need more if we've been out doing some exercise? If someone's exercising or training, there's, you know, all sorts of stories about, you know, if you've had a big workout, do you need to eat protein after? There's definitely some benefit if your training is to train fasted and then have your protein shake 30 to an hour after you've actually trained. Okay. Um, so if not you're pregnant, immediately? No, not yeah, immediately. Okay. If you're pregnant, yeah. um, you may have a higher need than what you normally would. Mm-hmm. And um, kids may have a higher need based on their weight than what you normally would as well. But if you sort of think about a gram per kilo of weight, um, and then there's some benefits to, say, if you were doing a ketogenic style of diet, where you might actually increase the protein while you're working on getting more of your calories from protein and fat and reducing your carbs. So you can increase your protein for a period of time, but I wouldn't recommend a high-protein diet for forever because I don't think it's, it's a lot of extra stress on the body to cope with that. This is Health and Wellbeing on 2NURFM. Peter Mullen, we are talking about protein. Where's the best place to get your protein, apart from meats like chicken and lean meat, lean beef? Well, definitely um, the easiest place for a lot of us to start is with animal protein. And <clears throat> pardon me, as I was saying before, um, animal protein is definitely worth the effort of buying pasture-fed or um, organic or you know as healthy as possible. And same with um, good quality fish. You want to have locally sourced um, fish, not the, the the bigger fish that might have high levels of mercury and heavy metals, etc. So, and chickens, organic mm-hmm. um, or free range, of course, um, organic or free range eggs. So again, it's easy, and they're not that much more expensive than normal normal mm-hmm. eggs or normal chicken, etc. Um, and then, of course, you have so interestingly, if you're comparing a palm of um, meat to a palm of say lentils. Mm-hmm. To get the amount similar amount of protein, you need to have almost twice the amount from a vegetarian point of view. So vegetarians can struggle a bit more to get enough protein. And often too, with vegetarian food, you need to combine, say, rice with lentils to make sure you're getting all the amino acids. Um, so it can be a bit trickier, but other sources of protein for, for sure are things like um, um, there's protein in brown rice, lentils, chickpeas, hummus, and nuts and seeds have protein as well. So that's where we can pick up extra protein during the day is having a handful of nuts for morning tea or afternoon tea. Um, mm. Nut butters, nice. um, mm. yeah, things like hummus, mm. uh, tofu, tempeh to, to a certain degree have a certain amount of protein as well. So there's plenty of really great vegetarian sources. Yes. And, you know, for me, I'm a big fan of as high a plant-based diet as possible. And I like, we'll often have one or two vegetarian meals a week as well just to mix it up a bit. And um, 
you know, so we're not overdoing the animal protein as well. So whereabouts in the vegetable kingdom do you find the best uh, amounts of protein? Um, well, things like chia seeds. Chia seeds are a great yeah. source of protein. Do you need a palmful of them? <laughs> uh, look, chia seeds, you can make a chia pudding. Yes. yes. Really, really very easily. There's some great recipes around. Yes. Whisk them up um, with unsweetened coconut milk, um, cacao. Um, you can use a little bit of maple syrup in it if you want to have it a bit sweeter. You can put berries in it. Whisk it up in a in a bowl and then put it in little ramekins in the fridge and freeze it up of Cool yeah. it down, yes. set it, and yeah. um, they're a great little dessert with coconut yogurt on top. So they're a great protein snack. Uh, quinoa is also high in protein as well. Yes. Um, and then things like um, mushrooms or the highest, you know, 30 grams of nuts has about 5 grams of protein. 100 grams of peas has about 5 grams of protein. Kale, 100 grams of kale has about 4.3 grams Brussels sprouts. So all our vegetables have protein as well. So that's where we can pick up extra during the day. Um, one cup of legumes. So say one cup of lentils is roughly 13 grams of um, protein compared to, say, 100 grams of grilled salmon is 24. So that's what I was saying before. If you could compare two cups of lentils to a 100 gram piece of um, grilled salmon. Yes, so yes, you do need to work harder. Eat work more a, if you eat Yeah, yeah, work a little bit harder if you're vegetarian. Yeah, to, yeah, and that's okay. where if you are vegetarian, a really great option is to do like to get a vegetarian-based protein powder because yes. you can get a good protein powder, vegetarian-based protein powder that you can put into a smoothie and you can get your 24, 24 grams of your protein or 20 grams of your protein straight away in your smoothie. And a lot of my older patients that I feel need extra protein We'll get them to add a couple of um, dessert spoons of a collagen protein powder into either their cup of tea or, or coffee or into a smoothie and actually get it that way and it's a lot easier to digest. And and you're saying for your older people it's good, so it is better for older people to eat quite a lot of? Not, not, not a lot. They need to just eat the right amount of protein right? because a lot of older people, as we were saying, they'll do a, a salad sandwich for lunch. They won't even have protein. They might do cereal for breakfast mm. which is a little bit of protein in that a little bit of protein in you know maybe a salad sandwich but for them to have another protein shake in the afternoon or mid-morning can make a big difference with concentration and focus and memory as well so if someone's protein deficient not eating enough protein taking a protein smoothie can really make a big difference in energy levels and concentration and focus and all sorts of things so Excellent. lots of lots of ways around Protein in the focus today on health, the focus. health and well-being. Thank you, Peter Mullen. My pleasure, Jane. Back again next Tuesday after the midday news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>